I'm now joined by Merrimack College men's hockey head coach, Coach Scott Borek. Coach, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. No, no problem. I appreciate you having me. Uh, Coach, last year was uh, a difficult year for everyone involved in organized sports. How did you manage to keep the team focused throughout the season? It was um, obviously a huge challenge for the whole campus and, and, you know, sports and not sports. And, you know, certainly from a team perspective, you know, whenever you have a situation where you're getting tested every day and every morning you wake up and, you know, you could fall victim to someone testing positive, it was a – it was a highly stressful year. I think it was really stressful on the students, and our, and our students were no different. But um, we tried to stay positive. We tried to make it a challenge, and we tried to do the right things. And for the most part, I thought we did. And unfortunately, our year ended prematurely. But um, that was the only games that we had canceled because of COVID on our side. Uh, so I thought we had a successful year in, in managing what we could. Um, and then I you know, really felt it was just kind of bad luck at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I, I can, you know, I, I can speak as far as you, you know, every day getting tested and, you know, even, you know, you mentioned waking up and, you know, falling victim to it. But you can even like, you know, you wake up and, you know, what you think is is allergies, right? It's just even though you know it's allergies, you're now like second guessing yourself and you're like, oh, like, you know, I might have COVID. So it's definitely, I mean, it plays mind games with you. Oh, it did. And we had a, we had a couple guys, I think it happened to us twice where, Guys had symptoms, uh, and they were smart enough to call themselves out on that. Yeah. Um, and we ended up, um, you know, they ended up having to go into quarantine uh, and never did test positive. Gotcha. But it, it, it was just, it was good to, you know, we had some guys really show some responsibility. It would have been very easy just to let that go. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But obviously you would have taken down the whole team. So right. um, it, it, uh, I was really, really happy with the way our guys dealt with that piece of it for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, a follow-up uh, to this is since last year was such a long, unusual season, how have you managed uh, to keep your guys fresh for the start of this season that is hopefully going to be somewhat back to normal? You know, I, I think that, and I just like the campus in general, I think that uh, people are so excited about – you know, just, you know, just having a chance, you know, just, yeah, we might play, we might play with fans. Uh, I think that, you know, our energy level has been really good. You know, typically we're here in the summer and we practice during the summer. Uh, this year we didn't do that just because I thought the school year was so difficult that our guys needed time away from here. Yep. Um, so we're pretty fresh right now. And I think, you know, the guys are so eager to actually start games in October that, you know, I don't think it's going to be an energy level. In fact, it might be controlling that energy level that's going to be the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Um, the school went all Division One two years ago now. However, men's hockey has been uh, in Division One for a while now. Coaching here before the school went all Division One, how has it, if it has, uh, benefited you and your organization having the whole school now being Division One? Well, I think that any time... Um, you know, anything that happens good for your athletic department happens good for all your teams. You know, and like, for instance, the football team winning on, on Saturday, beating, uh, you know, Holy Cross, who's a real yeah. good team and a, and a, a, noter, a noted uh, Division One football program. That helps all of us. It puts Merrimack in the headlines. It puts Merrimack on, you know, it makes you one click up on the Google. Uh, so I, I think it's, been, it's a good thing. It's, it's helping sell our brand. Um, and I think it's an exciting opportunity for, for us as well as for the whole school. Yeah, absolutely. Um, coach, you're entering your fourth year uh, as the head coach of the Warriors. How have you uh, seen the program change throughout the years? 
know, it's funny. I, I um, it was such a difficult year last year. My hope was that we would be able to, um, you know, put our roster in a place where we would be competitive with the top teams in our league. Uh, I think we've done that. I think our roster and our team's focus has changed dramatically in the three years I've been here. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we, would, we had hoped last year before COVID that that would be the year that we would begin to kind of set our, set our standards, if you will, about how we're going to perform and how we're going to practice and how we're going to play, uh, the attention to detail, and all those things uh, very difficult to do when you can't even have a meeting. So um, I almost count that as a lost year. So this year that's exactly what we're trying to do is make sure that we have our standards at the right level, that we play to that level, and then if we do that, we'll be successful. So I'm, I'm excited about our team. I think that we have a bunch of guys who came here with a chip on the shoulder and uh, had a, you know, have had spurts of success like we did at the end of last year. But, you know, it's time for us to be more consistently successful, and I, I think we have the group to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned in the in the beginning of uh, the interview, uh, your season, you know, basically coming to a halt unexpectedly a week before the playoffs, uh, you know, due to COVID-19 protocols. What was that like for you and your team to have to go through and, and suffer that at the end of the season, just as you're getting ready, you know, to go in your prime time of the playoffs? You know, it was uh, for a short bit, it was it was crushing to the team. You know, we were playing some pretty good hockey at that point. Uh, we had a weekend series coming up with Vermont, who was obviously at that time was struggling. Um, a real opportunity for us to maybe move move forward, get ourselves in a better position for a home ice game, which I think we would have gotten the home ice. Uh, would have been great to have that opportunity to play here uh, with or without fans, but just to play at home in the playoffs is always a positive. Um, and I think our team felt really good. I think we just come off the BU weekend. Uh, we had won there and lost here in a really tight game, but I think our team – felt really positive about our future, and uh, we were playing very well. We'd used a lot of different lineups to win, um, and so we were excited. And then when it just came, kind of came to a crashing halt, um, you know, it was really hard on the guys. Um, it was hard on, the whole, on everybody in our program, but it was really hard on the guys because it's the first time that I, since I had been here that I think our team felt going into the playoffs that we could win this thing. Um, and I felt that way. I think our locker room felt that way, and then to have a – you know, kind of the rug pulled from out from under was really difficult on the, on the, on the team and the individuals. And, you know, uh, I think we got past it, but it was, it was definitely a challenging time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think we both can say that we're lucky that we're part of a, a school and an institution that has over 99% vaccination rate. Uh, however, you know, COVID is still very much a thing, no matter how vaccinated a community is. What precautions have you and your team taken this year so far and that you will take going forward for this season uh, to help prevent any outbreak cases, et cetera? Well, the biggest thing uh, is just is really following the protocols of the campus. Um, and I think that as a group, you know, we have, we're not wearing masks right now on the ice, which we did all last, last year. Um, I thought it was really, really, really difficult for our team to do that. Um, and we're not doing it now because it was, I just think it mentally would set our team back. Yep. Uh, but I think everybody, you know, one thing that I came away from personally was just the, the need of, you know, how, where you put yourself in a room, where you put yourself in conversation, how long you're in conversation, making sure you're doing the right things, not only for yourself, but for the people you're with. Um, and that's, you know, we've just tried to make ourselves aware of, of the things we can do to be preventing 
be preventative. Um, and we actually met with Tracy Alberti, who gave our team some other ideas of things that they can do. Um, you know, and then ultimately it's about putting yourself in the, in the safest places. But I, even if you do that, you know, there's, there's a chance that you're going to test positive. And last year the player for us had tested positive at the end. I don't want to give his name, but he, he had done everything right all year. You know, he had never put himself in a social situation that was going to risk his team or himself. Um, he did everything right. Didn't even go home for Christmas because he didn't trust his older brother who was home and was going to have buddies over. And it, um, he made every sacrifice possible, and it still hit him. And then yeah. hit the team. So um, we're doing what we can. We're trying to be smart and kind of following Tracy's uh, guidance and as well as the school's protocols. Yeah. Uh, Coach, uh, just recently a tragic accident happened on the ice here in New England with uh, Milton Academy hockey player Jake uh, Tebow. I think it's amazing uh, to see the hockey community come together in times like this. But what do you say to your players in these types of tragic situations to ensure their passion for the game, knowing that tragic accidents like this can happen? Because I'm sure there has to be some guys that are thinking after stuff like this. You know, do I really want to do this knowing this can happen? Uh, you know what, I, I think as a as a player, you probably don't let that go through your mind. I, I had a similar incident myself as a sophomore in college and never played again. Um, and But it, obviously I was one of the very, very fortunate ones who was able to walk away from that uh, incident. But I, I just think it's about taking care, respecting the game, taking care of, like in practice is obviously taking care of your teammates, but even in uh, competition, like we, hey, we want to, you know, beat someone badly, but we don't want anyone to get hurt. You know, we want to play right. the game the right way. That's why hitting from behind is such a, a heavy thing to be careful of because you're putting someone in danger, no matter who it is, which team he's on, and no matter how much you like or hate him. So right. I think the, the the realities of our game um, are are such a hard thing to deal with. What, what happened to Jake, what happened to AJ in the spring, um, or end of the last winter, um, the simplest thing can can cause tragedy, and um, I, I, I'm really glad that I'm part of the hockey community that jumps into those and tries to do their best for for people who are in those situations. But whenever it does happen, it's it's awful, and you feel for them, and you try to remember them in the way you play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like hockey has probably one of the best programs I think between high school and college. Uh, where a lot of players will leave their high school and play juniors uh, for a year or two. When you're recruiting a player, how does someone coming straight out of high school weigh against someone who is coming out of the junior uh, hockey program, you know, all come into uh, factor for you? You know, I think typically uh, the junior player obviously is more experienced because he's older and he's played longer. Um, but if you have a player, you know, we have, we've had one each of the last couple of years if you have a player um, that's accelerated himself in his game enough that you're considering bringing him as a true freshman, um, then he's obviously at a skill level. Uh, he physically has a body that can play against men. Because hockey is the average age. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's got to be 22, 23. You know, if you come in as an 18, 17, 18-year-old, you are playing against young men. Um, and so it's important that if you do put someone in that situation, they are physically able to handle it. Uh, over the last three years, including this year, we've had a true freshman. Uh, two years ago was Zach Ewins, um, and Ewey was, you know, he was big enough. He skated well enough. He was skilled enough. Our roster was at a point where we would play him a lot if he got here. 
Uh, he had a lot of success, and obviously he ended up getting drafted through Merrimack. Uh, Alex Jeffries did it last year. Again, his, physically he was just ready to make that step. Uh, and this year we have a young man named Matty Capone. I played at Dexter High School or Dexter Southfield last uh, year, um, and we just felt he was ready to make that step. But it's not an easy one. It's why you see it so rarely. Um, it's a pretty big challenge to the player. But if you have a player that you think can help you and you think he can come here early, I, I, I never want to be the guy who lets age or um, just experience be a decision point. I want to be the person who says, okay, you're ready or you're not ready, uh, and our roster's, our roster's ready or it's not ready. So uh, each of those guys, I think, have, have already played and will continue to play a big role for us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, staying on the recruiting topic, Aside from talent, what other characteristic, uh, characteristics do you look for in a recruit? For, for, and I, I think every school is probably similar, but when you're at a place like Merrimack, uh, kind of the underdog of the league, you know, and you, know, you want to be able to recognize that because you want to play to that. Um, you know, we look for a couple of things. And number one thing we look for is we want the most competitive player, um, on the other on, on the team you're recruiting, like who who's the guy who competes the hardest? Because that guy's game continues to grow. Um, if you if you're going to be pushing someone to compete, you're not working on his game, then you're just working on his personality, and that just takes that's we don't really have time for that. We need players who want to compete, uh, and secondly, we need uh, players who arrive with some confidence. So you know, my first year here, we brought 16 players in. Three of them were goalies, so we can eliminate that. So we had 13 players, uh, and we went into the year saying we wanted to recruit as many captains or assistant captains as we possibly could. Guys wearing a letter, that matters. Make sure we pay attention to it. Make sure we watch him. Because usually the guys who are wearing letters in junior or even in high school, uh, they're the most confident guy in the room. And when you're coming to try to turn something around, you need to bring some confidence with you. You're not going to get it from the jersey. Um, and I think we were successful in getting 11 out of those 13 players wore a letter, um, and they're pivotal in, in, I think, where we're going to take this team, and I think we're going in a good direction largely because of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Last year uh, was a year like no other, minimum fans in the stands if there were. Um, You know, what is it going to be like to take the ice again with your team in front of a full crowd? It will be interesting, and I'm certain, I'm certain that the players and probably the coaches um, never had a full appreciation for how good that was. And now um, I think this year now we will, um, and I think it's going to be really fun. You know, I think it's, a, it's an opportunity for not only, um, not only the fans to get back into it, but also, you know, our players to appreciate the fact that, hey, Someone's coming to watch you play today. You know, isn't that great? You know, hey, we're yeah. playing for the, the crest in the front of the jersey. I, I think that's a bit, been a big thing is people just appreciating things that we used to take for granted. Uh, and I think this is one of those things. Uh, last question, Coach. Throughout your career, uh, you have had 16 players recruited by the NHL. How do you prepare your players to get to that next step that I think essentially is an overall goal for every player on your team? And I guess, I for, say, and just to add on to this, what advice, second part of this is what advice would you give uh, to anybody in high school or below that want to that wanna make it uh, into, the, into the big leagues, into the NHL? 
Well, my first advice for a young player is don't go for exposure, go for development, whatever you're doing. You know, there's a lot of people trying to make money right now on the word exposure, um, and you, that's not going to help you get anywhere. Uh, so focus on your development. Focus on the things you can control. Focus on the things that not everybody takes control of, nutrition, uh, you know, how you live your life away from the rink. All that stuff's going to matter. Um, you know, that, and, that's important. and that's important just to be successful in college, but it's also if, you, if your ultimate goal truly is to play in the National Hockey League, you have to bring a level of professionalism to your daily life that's unique. Um, I think for our players, you know, one of the first pieces of advice I try to give them is don't, don't leave school to go play in the American League. You know, you should be leaving school to try to play in the National Hockey League. Now, one of the biggest challenges, you, there be, those kids who are leaving and playing in the American Hockey League are being recruited by the NHL team, so the dream is in front of you. Really tough to make a decision against that, you know, against that organization. Um, but, you know, I, I try to make sure our players can live the professional life. That I once had a, a GM from Carolina. I was coaching at UNH, and we had a young man named Brett Pesci who came as a true freshman who was very, very talented and has had a great NHL career. And the guy called me and asked me about Pesci, and I started talking about his game because I was trying to talk to him out of signing him. And he um, said, you know, hey, we don't, we don't care. We, we've already judged his game. We already have a feel for that. We want to know what he's going to do the 22 hours and he's not in the hockey rink. That yeah. was the only question. Wow. And I think that guys in college are kidding themselves if they think that that's not going to be the first question someone's going to ask you. And so, um, and, you, and just for your own program's reputation, you've got to be very, you know, upfront about it. So you need to put me in a position where all I'm telling people is that, hey, he can do that. You know, and other, they'll ask other people on campus too. So it's, it's really important that, that it's not a, it's not a two hour commitment. It's, it's much more than that. And you have to approach it that way. All right. That's coach Scott Borek, head coach of the Merrimack college men's hockey team. Good luck this season, coach. Thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity, Harrison. Have a great day. And, Anytime. We'd love to talk Merrimack hockey. Absolutely. Thank you.